Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Many of the parables of Jesus are simultaneously simple and complicated. Simple, complicated. Today, we're taking a look at the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Maybe you grew up with it being called the parable of the wheat and the tares. At first glance, this looks like a simple story with an obvious lesson. But when we look closely, multiple meanings begin to pop up. Now, I've been told from many of you, that it's awfully hard to focus very, for very long on a live stream. So I'm going to make this easy. Hopefully I'm going to make it brief, and I'm telling you right now, I'm talking about three things, the three principal meanings of this parable. So think three, think Jacob Smith. My first point is the most obvious meaning, and it's this. God is not some good old chap in the sky who looks the other way no matter what. God is not some good old guy who looks the other way no matter what. This parable makes very clear that this is a parable of judgment. We read this, we moderns, we contemporaries, and we kind of wish it wasn't there, right? We see the parable, it's pretty straightforward. There are wheat and there are weeds, the good and the bad. The good go into the kingdom, the bad go into the fire. And then even in the second paragraph that we have here, Jesus explains it, it's very straightforward. What does he say? The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the good people of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. Enemies, the devil, harvest, end of time. So really, it's quite simple. What Jesus is saying here is that what we do matters. Now, we don't like that, but we all know this to be true. Why do we get bent out of shape when someone wrongs us? And I think these parables of judgment in the scriptures make a whole lot more sense today than maybe they did last year. We get upset when people are marginalized, when people are oppressed, when people are hurt. And that instinct is a good instinct. It's proper. We have consciences for a reason. Think of these marginalized groups, these groups who have been marginalized for so very wrong to tell them that God is some good old chap in the sky who looks the other way no matter what is not good news. And you know what? It's not good news not just for marginalized groups, whether you're a part of one or not, but it's not good news for you either. Think of the times when you have been hurt And it's been intentional. It's not been some accident. The person didn't really mean it. I mean, that's a thing too. But think of the times when you have been wronged. It's not good news that God is some nice old guy who doesn't really care, who says anything goes. 
No, there is good news to divine judgment. For groups, for the marginalized, for the, the oppressed, but also for you and me. Let's make it about us today. You and I do not like when we're wronged. So it is good news that there will be judgment. That's the first point. But the second point complicates things, right? That's the simple meaning, but we said parables are both simple and complicated. What's my second point? Well, my second point is that when you read this closely, you read that Jesus obviously doesn't understand how farming works. Now, I don't really mean that, but I think there's a point to his story. What do, what do farmers do? What do gardeners do when weeds grow up in fields? Of course you're going to pull the weeds. But Jesus says here, No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Now, good farmers know how to decipher what's wheat and what's weeds. And good farmers, they pull up the weeds. So what is Jesus doing here? What makes this parable more complicated? Jesus says, essentially, let it grow. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers what to do. What could Jesus be talking about here? Well, I think the you know great biblical scholar Robert Farrar Capon can really give us a look at what's happening. He talks about the right-handed methods of the world and the left-handed methods of God. Now, that should be offensive for those of us who are right-handed like me, but let's set that aside for a second. The right-handed methods of the world are all about seeing a problem and fixing it. We want order. I want to exert my control and my power, and everyone in this room, especially Jim, knows that I am that kind of person. I don't like when meetings go on very long. I like to get to the point, and I like to exert control, and sometimes I really regret it afterwards because I hurt people in the process. What this parable is talking about, what Capon is getting at, is that Jesus in his parables is all about left-handed methods of power. We see the weeds growing in the fields. They could be plucked right away, but Jesus says, let it grow. We see that Jesus is all about divine forbearance here. I think it also, and this is a, a sub-point of the second point, is that so often we are quick to identify who is the weed. It's us versus them. But when you read the rest of Scripture, Jesus is so into, and St. Paul makes this even more explicit, what Jesus leaves implicit, and that is that so often you can't tell the difference. So often, too, what, who were once weeds can become wheat. So often, too... We are the weeds. We have wheat and weeds growing inside of us. So this second point quite naturally points to the third. The second point, right? Let it grow. Divine forbearance. Give them time. But the third point is this. Wheat and weeds reside in you and me. We are mixed bags, all of us. 
What once appeared so obvious about this parable that there are good guys and there are bad guys and there are no in-between, with what Jesus does in his storytelling, he implies it's more complicated than it looks. In fact, biblical scholars say this was probably written especially for those in the first century church who were so into calling these people them and were on the inside. Do we pluck up those weeds? Do we cast them out? That this text, in fact, is addressed to those who were so quick to jump to those kinds of divisions. So what is going on in this text? Well, at the end of this third point, I'm going to say that two things are happening. Judgment is happening. There will be a day of judgment, as we'll say in a second in the Apostles' Creed. What we do in this life matters. It matters structurally. It matters for you and me. And so that's why you and I should not be trying to hurt people anymore. Not that you would, but it's, again, what Paul says. It's not grace so that we can sin. Things matter. What we do matters. In fact, when Jesus comes again, and what he's doing right now, even though it's hard to see, is Jesus is about the business of rectifying all that has gone wrong. And not just in the world, but for you and me, too. This is what I'm talking about when I'm stealing Fleming Rutledge's phrase about how we long for the refiner's fire. So often the weeds in me are what hurt other people. I want to be refined. I don't want to hurt other people anymore, even though my actions show otherwise. Really what this text is doing is two things. There is good news to judgment. For those of you who've suffered at the hands of others, you know this closely, close to heart. But this text is also getting at, and what Scripture as a whole gets at, is that it's complicated. Because condemnation is not the final word. Judgment is there. That's why Jake is all about law and gospel all the time. It's not cut out the law and only gospel. It is both. Both things are true. The rectification of the ungodly is happening and will occur. But at the same time, for those of us, all of us, who are both wheat and weeds at the same time, the good news of the gospel is that Christ has come to justify weeds, to make right the ungodly. And we don't, this, there's a great mystery here, right? We look outside and all kinds of terrible things are happening. You look inside yourself and all kinds of terrible things are happening. God The refiner's fire is going to make right what is wrong. A true sense of justice. Not just somebody goes to jail for hurting someone. For that really isn't true justice at the end of the day. What what happened, the wrong can't be undone. But what Christ is saying is that somehow it will be undone. Somehow all of these wrongs will be made right. And my puny mind can't understand it. At the same time, our Lord, the one who's all about divine forbearance, the one who is not quick to throw the weeds out, says that he is about 
the rectification of the ungodly too. The justification of the ungodly. So next time you read this parable, you don't have to read it and be like, oh my gosh, I wish it wasn't in the Bible. This parable takes lived reality seriously. It takes your hurts, it takes your pains, not just yours, but groups for societies, structures. It takes it very seriously and says that was wrong. It's not okay. Again, God is not some good old chap in the sky who looks the other way. But at the same time, our Lord is the one who is too good to be true, and yet He is. He is all about the justification of the ungodly, namely you and me, and namely those people who we can't stand. Judgment and grace. Judgment and the gospel hold together. And I'm not sure we'll fully understand it, but know this. For you and I, when we're really honest, I'm just projecting this on you, but I think it's probably true. When we read passages like this, and after we've had our fun thinking, those people are going to get what's coming to them, we've got to think to ourselves, what about, as Clint Eastwood says in Unforgiven, it's coming for me. We've all got it coming, kid. So thanks be to God that these two things are right. God is going to make right all that is wrong. All the hurts, all the pain, all the injustice. But our Lord is also the one whose property is always to have mercy. This is good news for those of us with weeds inside of us. And it's good news also that He is going to throw out those weeds in us. That he is going to make us so that we don't hurt other people anymore. He is going to make us fully ourselves. Fully human. Fully like him. And this will be a great and glorious day. A day when I won't hurt other people. And a day where I will be able to look my Lord face to face and not cower in fear. For I will be looked at and be loved. And not just loved because God's looking at the other way of my faults, but loved also because my faults will be torn away. What glorious news. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.